Today's reading comes from Psalm 66. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bow down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing the praises of your name. Come and see what God has done, his awesome deeds for mankind. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the waters on foot. Come, let us rejoice in him. He rules forever by his power. His eyes watch the nations. Let not the rebellious rise up against him. Praise our God, all peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. He has preserved our lives and kept our feet from slipping. For you, God, tested us. You refined us like silver. You brought us, you brought us into prison and laid burdens on our backs. You let people ride over our heads. We went through fire and water, but you brought us to a place of abundance. I will come to your temple with burnt offerings and fulfill my vows to you. Vows that my lips promised and my mouth spoke when I was in trouble. I will sacrifice fat animals to you and offering of rams. I will offer bulls and goats. Come and hear for all you who fear God. Let, let me tell you what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and has heard my prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. Thanks, Jamie. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Jack. If I haven't met you before, I'm just going to get sorted. I'm, uh, I'm one of the pastors here. Our senior pastor, Carl, is, uh, is away on leave at the moment with a, with a well-deserved break uh, this weekend at a wedding interstate. Um, as you might have noticed, like, the senior pastor's away for one week. At least one thing goes wrong. And um, this is what's going wrong this week. The headset is not kind of working at the moment, but that's okay. If, uh, if at some point you can't hear me this morning and I start straying with the microphone like this, feel free to just kind of frisbee something at me and uh, get my attention and we'll uh, hopefully you can hear. Well, it's been, it's been freezing cold this winter, hasn't it? As, as Chris said at the start, it's been really, really cold. And over the last few weeks in particular, and I wonder what you've been trying to do to, uh, to keep yourself warm. Uh, where, where I live... It's been so cold that a little family of mice have decided to move into, into the house I'm renting with my friend. Uh, that's their way of trying to keep warm this winter. Has anyone seen the, that 90s classic movie, Mouse Hunt? Yeah, can anyone remember it? A few people can remember it. Okay, it's pretty much been my life uh, for the last few weeks. It's how I've been trying to keep warm. And this is, this is the way it works, okay? It's about 1am or 2am in the morning. I wake up to some scratching sounds. I get up out of my bed and look around and I see a mouse... Uh, and then I, I chase it around for a little while around my house before it just escapes. Right? So think of maybe, maybe Tom and Jerry. Think of Tom and Jerry. Okay, that, that's the case. We did have great success one night, though. I was making myself a late-night bowl of porridge to kind of warm myself up. Anyone a fan of the late-night bowl of porridge? Yeah? It's, it's, if you haven't tried it, guys, late-night bowl of porridge is a good way to warm up. Anyway, I was doing that. I was making myself some porridge, and I heard this gigantic squeak from behind the fridge. And uh, my housemate was fast asleep in his room, but I called him on the phone and I woke him up. I said, you've got to get out of here. I've got a mouse cornered. So he, uh, he came out and what progressed from there, I can only describe, it was the most epic game of cat and mouse that you've ever seen in your life. Uh, I'm pretty surprised we didn't break anything in our dining room, to be honest. But, um, but eventually we, we caught the mouse and I'm not sure how he did it, but we actually sucked it up into a vacuum cleaner. 
which was it started with you know, get something really heavy and ended with the vacuum cleaner. Uh, so here's a short clip on the screen actually that you'll be able to see. Oh, it goes for a couple of seconds. There's that little mouse. Just in the vacuum cleaner, running, running around. I actually bonded with that mouse. I, it took a while to catch it, and I bonded with it, so I couldn't bring myself to, to do anything with it other than walk for a while down the road and release it onto some, uh, onto some bare land away from everyone's houses, don't worry. But anyway, that, that's how I've kept warm this winter, chasing mice around the house. It's been awesome. Um, but it's really easy to feel bogged down in winter, isn't it? Really easy to feel bogged down. You know, we want to retreat behind that nice warm fire or heater and just find some way to, to cheer ourselves up. Um, so much more this year it seems to feel like as well, doesn't it? That there's a lot happening in our world, but there's a lot happening personally in some of our lives as well. So uh, heading out during the week to do anything uh, other than you know, go, to, go to work or school kind of feels increasingly harder during the winter. Maybe you actually felt that this morning and just waking up and getting ready to come to church. You know, it's feeling like more of a chore than you feel it should this winter. Well, over the next three weeks... As Chris said, we're spending time in Psalm 66 to 68. And it's our prayer as we're going through these psalms together, while we might not feel particularly warm on the outside, uh, that on the inside, in our hearts, we are warmed more and more toward Jesus as these psalms help us reflect on his goodness to us. Because that's really who these psalms point us toward, aren't they? Now, if you've ever been camping in the winter before, the greatest thing about being outside is having that campfire just crackling away. And of course, there's nothing better uh, than sharing stories around that campfire as you talk to each other. Well, Psalm 66 to 68, they, these are songs and stories for us to share around the campfire as we try to keep warm together this winter. And the psalm this morning is a psalm that really calls us to gather around, uh, to come and see and hear about what God has done for all of us and to share with each other what God has done for us personally and individually as well as we respond to the gods who brings us from slavery into praise. On your outline, you'll see it firstly says, the God who makes himself known. Uh, how, how great was that kids song this morning? Thanks, Chris and Tom, uh, for putting, putting your heads together and coming up with such a great song. Can anyone uh, remember the verse that we learned? Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. There's a, there's a lot in a name, isn't there? A lot in a name. I might say the name of someone and you'll automatically associate their name with something. Maybe something they've done or a memory that you've shared together. If I said the name uh, Thomas Edison, you know, what, what comes into your mind? It's probably like some kind of invention, like a light bulb. A light bulb, was like, like a camera as well. Around there. And, and electricity, that's kind of what you think. If I said the name Daniel Radcliffe or Emma Watson, uh, chances are you're thinking of the Harry Potter franchise. If I say the name Bluey, you know, we just kind of think, oh, Bluey. <laughs> we think of this awesome, fun-loving little blue dog. There's a lot in a name. And names are associated with actions, aren't they? And those actions are what actually help us know who someone is. So if I said, uh, John says hi, you'd think, which John? You know, is it fun John? Is it angry John? Sad John? Athletic John? John who can do backflips? You know, which, which John is this? If I said it's John who can do backflips, you'd say, oh, I love John who can do backflips. Say hi, say hi. Well, in the first three verses of Psalm 66, the psalmist proclaims, shout for joy to God all the earth, sing the glory of his name, make his praise glorious, and say to God, how awesome are your deeds. 
See, for the psalmist, praise of God is directly connected to the deeds of God, which are connected to his name. See, which God is this? He is the one God. He is the God who acts. He's the God who isn't distant from us. He's the God who makes himself known in spectacular fashion through his deeds. He is Yahweh, the creator God of the universe, and we can know him. So he wants us to know him. Isn't that amazing? But which deeds are on view here? What are we reading about in this psalm? That's the question. Well, on your outline, if you have that in front of you, you'll see point two says, the God who delivers us from slavery. So in verse 3 to 12, or 4 through to 12, we read of how God has acted toward the Israelites. It should be up on the screen behind me, some highlighted verses. How he turned the sea into dry land so the Israelites could pass through the waters on foot out of Egypt and toward freedom. We read about how God worked through the oppression of the Egyptians, that though the Israelites would go through fire and water, God would bring them to a place of abundance into the promised land where they would live as his people, blessed abundantly by him. And in verse 5, we read of this great invitation to come and see this amazing deliverance or rescue. Come and see what God has done, his awesome deeds for mankind. It's interesting, isn't it? Awesome deeds for mankind. See, this psalm is not just about God's deeds for the Israelites in rescuing them from Egypt. It extends out. It's about his deeds for mankind. See, God's rescue of the Israelites from slavery to the Egyptians, well, it's a rescue that points towards something far greater, isn't it? It's a rescue, firstly, that meant blessings for the nations around them. But it's a rescue that's a blessing for us. A rescue brought about by Jesus. That's what this points to. The one through whom this psalm of being brought from slavery and into praise becomes our psalm that we sing as well. So one thing to know about this block of psalms, it actually starts with Psalm 65 uh, that we preached on a while ago, is that Psalms 65 to 68 are songs uh, that would generally be sung during the Passover festival by the Israelites, during the time where Israel remembered how God had rescued them. Well, the night before he died, during the Passover, when Israel remembered how God had delivered them from slavery to the Egyptians, maybe even when they were singing the very words of Psalm 66, we read in Matthew chapter 26 that Jesus took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for the many for the forgiveness of sins. And of course, the day after this, Jesus was put to death on the cross. I don't know if, if this morning you think about sin as something you could be a slave to. That's precisely how the Bible talks about sin. See, it's when we say to God, uh, I know the best way to live my life and it's got absolutely nothing to do with you. I'm, I'm going to take uh, what you've made and I'm going to use it to help me live my best life but you're not going to be a part of it. You don't get to, to tell me how to live in your world. I, I'm the boss. It's when our hearts connect themselves to something God created and start treating that thing like God instead. We start treating that thing as though it's worthy of our love and our time 
and our energy. But, but it's this huge lie. See, when we attach ourselves to those things, we're locking ourselves off from being with the one who is truly deserving of our love, locking ourselves off from the one who loves us. I'm going to, to invite up my trusty assistant, uh, Tom. <coughs> That's funny. Tom's just going to put this on. Do you want to just come and stand up here? Okay. <clears throat> All right, Tom's going to go for a bit of a stroll. All right, see, this is, uh, this is what happens with our hearts and sin. See, try as we might, there's nothing we can do about our slavery to sin. See, just like there was nothing the Israelites could do about being slaves to the, Egypt, to the Egyptians. It's got, got us tightly wrapped up. And even though we might, might kind of push and pull like Tom's doing to, to get away from it, well, sin enslaves us. We can't get away from it. We can't walk. Thanks, mate. Stop. Cheers. And try as we might to push and pull away from sin, it, it enslaves us. And what's worse, we, we actually locked that irremovable padlock ourselves that chains us to our rejection of God, to that sin that, that we can't actually get away from. Instead, we become people deserving of his anger, of his judgment, not deserving anything he has to offer for how we treat him. See, we're completely helpless. But those words of Psalm 66, verse 5, they just echo in our ears, don't they? Come and see what God has done, his awesome deeds for mankind. See, this voice points us forward in time to the one who fulfills what this great rescue always pointed toward. Who fulfills what God's rescue of the Israelites from slavery always pointed to. God's rescue of us from slavery to sin. His rescue of us from the consequences of our sin through Jesus' death. He's the one who destroys the chains that made us slaves of sin so that we might be restored as God's people, as God's children and loved by him. See, through the cost of his own life, the pouring out of his own blood on the cross, Jesus took the wrath of God onto his own shoulders and off of ours. He released the chains that bound us in slavery to sin and death so that we might have forgiveness and life, so that we might have freedom. See, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, Death, it's on the screen behind me, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Well, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you might be here this morning and really feeling that, that slavery to sin in different ways. You might be wondering what to do about that. Maybe you feel that kind of push and pull against that rubber band and that tension. Maybe you even feel like that mouse that I sucked up into that vacuum cleaner, kind of trapped in there and figuring out, what on earth do I do here? Well, Jesus, when he died on the cross, well, he did it so that the guilt and the shame that you feel, the weight of God's judgment you know you sit under, that chasm that exists between you and God because of your sin, Jesus died so that that might be dealt with. It's been taken onto his shoulders. He has gone through the punishment that you deserve in your place. He's destroyed that chasm that exists between you and God so that you can turn away from sin, say sorry to God, and know that he forgives you. Trusting in Jesus as the only one who can do this for you, he will bring you to life. A brand new person who belongs with God, and God will never let go. If you haven't yet turned to trusting in Jesus, please do it now. 
There's, there's no sin that you can actually commit that's too great for the grace of God and for Jesus' sacrifice to deal with. So turn to him. Ask for forgiveness and trust in him. If that's you today, if that's the first time you're doing this, please just, just do it. And come and chat to me or to someone here you trust about it because it's the most important decision you're ever going to make in your whole life. Come and see what God has done, his awesome deeds for mankind. And come, let us rejoice in God because he is the God in whom, point three, we can rejoice. Uh, when, when was the last time that you shared with someone how God brought you to put your trust in Jesus? Or, or when's the last time you shared with someone what you're thankful to God for or how God has been teaching you or, or even challenging you? See, all throughout this psalm, there's this invitation to come and see or to come and hear and then to rejoice, to rejoice about how God has acted toward us even in the harder times of our lives. It was work to bring us closer to himself, to bring us, verse 12, to a place of abundance in him. See, it's a psalm that calls us to reflect and share in what we're going through around that campfire and to reflect in and share in what we praise God for. Uh, last weekend, there were two camps that ran. There was M&M Camp, which is a camp for primary age students, and Redef Camp for high school age students as well. We're actually going to, uh, to hear now as we watch a video what they're thankful to God for firstly and what they enjoyed about camp, and secondly for what they learnt about who God is. Watch that video now. Evie and Mabel, thank you very much for agreeing to be interviewed today. On the weekend, we went to M&M Camp. I'm hoping you can tell us a little bit more about that. Mabel, what was a highlight from camp for you? I like to worship. Yeah? Well, thanks. What did you like about the worship? I like songs. Okay, good. I like those songs. Great. And what about you, Evie? What was a highlight from camp for you? I liked, well, I liked how the leaders told their stories and how they met God. Um, Mabel, back to you. What is one thing you learnt about God that you are thankful for? Um, I'm thankful that he always shows us the right path and which way to go and which way not to go. Yeah. What about you, Evie? What have you learnt about God that you are thankful for? Actually, that we can... Yeah. Terrific. Would you like to go again next year? Yes. yes. Thanks for sharing, girls. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Penny. Hi, I'm Charlie. We went over
It's great to hear about those camps, isn't it? That, um, that our kids can, uh, can get along to those camps to learn more and more about God. But that's what, that's what we really see the psalmist doing in verse 13 to 20, isn't it? Um, calling people to hear how God has been at work in their life and what, what they're thankful for personally. Did you notice how, how the focus shifts away in verse 13 to 20 there, uh, away from the corporate body of Israel and calling them to praise God, to hearing about God's work in the psalmist's life? In verse 16 we read, Come and hear all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. See, the psalmist points us to the personal relationship that they have with God. How he cried out to God and how God listened to his prayer, did not reject it and did not withhold his love from them. This is a truth that we know as well, a truth that we cling to. Something we can be thankful for as well as we follow and put our trust in Jesus. Because this psalm becomes one that fully belongs to us in him. That fully belongs to us as we follow the one who never cherished sin in his heart. As we follow the one who made it possible for us to know the love of God and to be able to love him in return as we've been forgiven for the sin we were once slaves of. We follow the one who went through fire and water before us in order that we might come to the place of abundance by his side in the presence of God in the new creation even as we struggle through the hardships of this life. So come, let's rejoice in him. Let's share stories and songs around the campfire of his goodness to us. Over the next next few weeks, why not make it a goal of yours to to go up to someone and, and talk to them and ask them their story of how they came to know Jesus. Ask them what they're thankful to God for. Ask them what you can be praying uh, for them in as they go through some of those struggles and hardships in life at the moment. Make that, make that a goal for the next three weeks as a church. Do it on a Sunday after church. Do it on a week, uh, during the week at community group or by just calling someone up on the phone to have a chat. But let's share stories and songs around the campfire of God's goodness to us as we point one another to Him. Let's cling fully to Jesus and turn away from the sin in our lives that cuts us off from God and that Jesus died to save us from. See, we've been called from slavery, saved from slavery, to be a people of praise, to be a people who rejoice in God. So let's be a people of praise. I'm going to lead us uh, in prayer now. And we're going to stand up and sing a great song that helps us lift our voices to rejoice in who God is. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for the invitation that we have to come and see your goodness and thank you for how we see your goodness in your Son, Jesus. Thank you that in our sin you did not um, choose to, to stay separate from us, Lord, but you sent your Son, Jesus, into this broken world, into this sin-stained world, Lord, in order that he may save us from our slavery to sin and death through his death on the cross. Father, we thank you and praise you for your goodness to us, for your love and your mercy, and how you've called us from darkness to light in your Son, Jesus. Father, help us to rejoice in this always. Help us to be a church that shares stories of your goodness to us in our lives as we reflect on the weeks that go by and how we see you at work. And help us to be a church that in the hard times points, points one another towards your goodness, points one another towards how you have suffered as well. 
that you were there with us and we are not alone. Father, we pray that you would help us be a people of praise, constantly pointing to you so that others might join in with us as they see your goodness. Amen.